0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Transfer Carnage, where we will be discussing all the talking points around Liverpool. Um, I would love to to make this a regular show, just for the name that I thought of today, A Tale of Two Moles. Um, But unfortunately, these guys are way, way too busy to make it. Maybe I'll, I'll beg them for once a month, and that'll be fun. A Tale of Two Moes. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, you're all very welcome. Thank you very much for joining us. Of course, we've got Mo and we've got Mo. Um, I'll go to Mighty Mo up top first and ask him how he is. Mo, how are you? How was Glastonbury? And then we'll discuss the cricket in a bit.
2: I'm, I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm generally trending up. I mean, keeping with the theme, it's been the best of times. It's been the worst of times, depending upon what subject you want to look at. Glastonbury was amazing. It was still one of those things where I can close my eyes and look and watch a movie of myself and I'll probably be able to do that forever. So that's great. I can box that off over there and I will come back to it whenever I need to. But obviously, in general, how am I doing? Mm -hmm. At this point in the season, the summer, it's very much the winds of change blowing through. And I'm like a lot of people, I'm at the whims of whatever is happening so a little bit on edge but still in- interested to oh, see how we'll yeah up. we
0: haven't discussed her actually us three haven't discussed the last time we were on we were hopeful and we had started off well and you know we'll discuss it we'll have it's good to have uh, differences of opinions and insights and you know i'm all about that and then of course we've got mo chatra as well mo um you know, straight away, I've seen one question or point that uh, we will definitely be getting into. Um, you, your eyes light up when you see numbers um, and we see numbers and Mo's eyes have already lit up. Uh, we've, TG says we've spent 95 million, brought in 60 million and got 50 million off the wages. We're in profit. Absolutely no excuse to spend. Um, he's got in there early. Mo, how are you doing? How you, um, how's uh, one month away from uh, the season starting feel?
1: Yeah, it's been nice respite, I suppose. Um, the season that finished was clearly not one of our better ones of recent times, and uh, you know many frustrations, a lot of blaming and pointing fingers here, there, and everywhere. Um, so it's been nice to kind of just take a step back and focus on other things, um, like um, try not to burn the house down, which I nearly did half an hour ago. <laughs> oh, <laughs> trying to make a steak and it went horribly wrong.
0: Um, how can you go How can? okay I, I'm not a master chef right I'm not no master chef but how did you like really burn the house down by making surely it's quite simple you mar... okay I might get slaughtered in the comments like, okay. calm down say, it's not as easy day. as that <laughs> well, okay okay layman's steak very very layman's steak is marinated all the herbs and then slap it on the grill right
1: I forgot the bit about the marinating and I forgot about it being on the grill and uh, <laughs> too busy too busy reading up tweets and all sorts and we uh, uh, oh. you know it, smoke everywhere.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm you, you nearly, uh, nearly an analogy for the current state of Liverpool. I was literally uh, thinking
2: the same thing. It's like there's <laughs> a metaphor in there somewhere. There's a metaphor somewhere
0: like, you know, we done the first marination part and everyone thought, okay, McAllister, then added a few herbs of so bozzolet and then as we put in the grill, kind of took our eye off the ball, and then the Saudis came in and...
1: with the oil literally. Yes,
0: yeah, <laughs> smoke everywhere now. Everyone thinks the house is burning down. We've got no midfielders, even though we've bought two very able midfielders. But you know, it is what it is. At least you're here, you're safe, and you mm-hmm. haven't burnt the house down, which is great. I hope those sofas are uh, not flammable. <laughs> 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 I'm telling you, that'd be crazy. Um, Mo. Have you been watching the cricket? I've been watching the cricket. Sorry, just very, very off topic. I was supposed to ask you off screen, but I might as well start you on screen. Like, Pakistan won. England, Ashes. England coming back. This could be the mother of all of Ashes you. never disappoint. They just never disappoint. This could it's be great. mad. And you know I've
2: been watching it. Obviously, you know I've been yeah. it. <laughs> But today, today's possibly been my favourite day so far, because... All the other days, it's been ebbs and flows. This team takes the lead, the other team takes the lead. Yeah. None of that today. Today is just England. Oh. We're just, we're just gonna lean on you. We're just gonna lean on you and lean on you. And yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, hopefully we'll be back in this series and can go and win it.
0: This to- could be. It's, oh. This, this is a problem.
2: You know, sounds almost poetic.
0: Ah. Oh. This could this, be unreal. This could be unreal. well. You're a bit of a cricket fan, aren't you?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: Mad, isn't it? This ashes are... like just crazy. when you think England are dead and buried and the ashes, this Australia walkover. This is could this could turn around to be an epic, epic ending to the summer.
1: I just hope that I just hope, really hope that weather holds up and we mm. finish the uh, to the to the match. And if we level it and then go into the final one with all to play for <laughs> the overall... Oh my word! Yeah, um, sure. South
0: yeah. London will be.
1: Yeah, am I might I have to take a trip down?
2: If honestly, make
0: sure you let me know when you do, because I'm thinking I haven't been to a test match in bloody years, 2020s and one days and all not, But let me know if you're up for that, especially if England level it, because then, oh man, make sure we get down there together uh, with our brolies. Um, but using a cricket analogy, guys, it going into the Liverpool situation, I guess it's. I could I could say we started off if we if we look at it like a 2020 we started off like a brilliant opening stand magnificent ten and over right and then a couple of big wickets have slowed us down and we're kind of just regrouping the middle order needs to regroup and finish strongly how's that for a quick cricket <laughs> Mo, because yeah. but because Mo, it's true. McAllister and a like, great opening. And then, you know, the, the bombshells that have been discussed. But it's good to get your opinion on it because I haven't asked oh. your opinion. And then the bombshells of the Fabinho and Henderson. One we could take both. It's difficult to comprehend and work out. This wasn't planned. No. This is, this is like a shock to the system. And now we need to get over it and recover and finish strongly.
2: That's the key. We need to get over it quickly. And we can't let the uh, potential emotional um, upheaval of the squad get in the way of replenishing it. Because, yes, this was unplanned in as much as this very much clock wanted to go into the season, having access to both those players, how much they were going to play was probably up for debate. Mm -hmm. But the fact is, is that he planned to have them and now suddenly he hasn't got them. However, I do think that the what are we going to do to replace Fabinho and Henderson plan had already been put into... Like, they'd already started talking about it. Like, it wasn't like they were taking a player who we were expecting to have for the next four or five years. I think they both knew that they were going to be replaced. So rather than necessarily tearing up the plan maybe accelerating the plan a little bit. So you'd like to think that they're not completely on the hop, that they do have a few ideas in that respect. Mm. But yeah, it's not ideal when you consider who has already left the midfield. I think traditionally midfield under a Jurgen Klopp team is still a hard job. It's still something that takes a long while to kind of bed in and get used to. And we are removing our margin for error on that. By removing Fabinho in particular, because whoever comes in now and plays in that role, they're pretty much going to have to hit the ground running. Particularly as Stefan Bajcetic isn't fit yet, we don't know if he'll be fit to start the season, and everyone else who may well be a fix from within, we don't know how they're going to be. Obviously, there's talk of McAllister playing there; he's just got in the building. Talk of Curtis Jones playing there. Yes, he did it for an England under 21, but it's different in the Premier League. So there are a lot of questions that are still being answered. And I kind of feel for Klopp a little bit because he, you said before, could we have predicted it? Probably not, or at least not. I mean, let's look. When Ronaldo went to Saudi Arabia, there was no talk of a massive influx at that point, was there?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: We were all basically clowning him. Um, <laughs> and at that point, there was no, OK, this is the coming force. It was That was a one-off. So maybe there were people who could have taken it more seriously at that point, but even then, I think you'd have to be, you'd have to have a time machine really to have said that this is exactly what's going to happen. And so yeah, it's up to the club to be proactive. And these new plans that they put in place with the new sporting director, that's gonna be the ultimate test of this relationship. I mean, I know there's the break at the end of August where they can both say, is it working? And if they both agree, it will continue. There's no better tests between then, now and then. Like, literally, by the time we get to August, they will know if they are a workable scouting and recruiting team or not.
0: This is the ultimate test for Big George, isn't it? And Mo Mochatra, I'm going to come to and say, Mo Stewart talks about accelerating the plans, um, being proactive. <laughs> FSG have got a tendency to, to pretty much do the opposite in terms of not be proactive, but reactive. And if ever there was a reactive situation, it's this losing whether whether they were in their prime, and we know they weren't, whether the, the, at the height of their powers, we know they weren't. Losing your skipper, your vice-captain, and your main DM, who's been your sort of beacon like literally your lighthouse for the last five six years that is major major upheaval i would go as far as saying we need to react and it's a matter of urgency would you share those sentiments
1: yeah i would yeah i mean what i would say is we should never have been in this position in the first place you know with proper succession planning bringing in at least well Ideally is a midfielder, young midfielder every summer, twenty nineteen onwards, um, you know, the, the we wouldn't have been in this scenario where we're losing, you know, five, six midfielders in one summer, including all of the senior ones nearly. Because obviously there's still rumours, there's still talk, there's still mutterings that Thiago could go. And you know, if he goes, that's a massive blow. Albeit obviously his injury record is is far from great. But, yeah, we, we've got to react. I mean, I think that, you know, there's been a lot of talk about, um, you know, Lavia. And, you know, I think that even when there was the expectation that Henderson and Fabinho would stay, we were still being linked with the player. We was, it was still being said that, you know, we'd like to bring him in. We see tremendous potential. He can perhaps be the understudy to Fabinho this coming season with a view to then replacing him in the next uh, couple of years. Um, and I think that, you know, we, we are still interested in that player. Um, but with losing two players now, um, surely we've got to bring in a couple.
0: Well, this think- is it because, because you're absolutely spot on. Lavia, it seems, and we pretty much know now that it seemed prior to this uh, Saudi influx of cash into the club, and we're going to address that now. Prior to this, the plan it seems was Lavia and then a top quality center back like Colwell, and that was it. So, Sabozalai and uh, McAllister nice and early. Let's get the sales out of the way not the two that we wanted, but sort of your Keller, your Simicas, um, who else maybe Philip Philip, yeah, yeah, your fringe players, whatever, and then get one big hitter center back and then a Lavia. So he could learn under Fabinho for one last hurrah for Fabinho and then Lavia would be able to step in. That seemed like the logical and we thought, okay, we've been good planners in the past. Looks like we're planning again because that would have been a lovely... I think we all would have agreed that would have been a lovely summer window. Mo, that's not the case now. So I beg the question to you now, Mo. What's the plan now, Mo? Mo Stewart.
2: Oh, sorry, you mean me. Sorry. you're gonna have to do this. I know, I know, I know, I <laughs> know. You know what?
0: Do you know what? It's gonna be one of those hands on the buzzers. So whoever all speaks right. to goes for it. <laughs> well, <the> <laughs> all right. Well, what's the plan? I'm gonna ask you the question. What is the plan, Mo? Because everyone I mean, wants to know. This is the, this is it now. What's the plan now?
2: It's a very good question, and I don't specifically have the answer to it. But one thing I do know is that the plan has got to have changed because. I do think that the plan was for at least one of Fabinho or Henderson to start the first game against Chelsea. When you consider, like I said, about Baisetic being not back in training yet, I don't think Thiago is fully back from his hip injury yet. Um, Obviously, Curtis and um, Harvey went deep, and we've seen in previous summers when players go deep in the international tournaments, Klopp does try to ease them back in. I feel like he might not have that option this time. So if it was the idea previously of having a Lavia in the building, learning and beginning to share that role with Fabinho, he probably wouldn't have started the first game. (laughs) Whereas now we probably need someone who can start the first game. Whether that is still Lavia, that is the question. Uh, Or whether or not the club feel like they need to do something different. So I do think what this will mean is that whereas previously the two midfielders replacing Henderson and Fabinho would have been young, building through, up to being able to kind of hit their peak level on Liverpool's terms. The fact that you're losing them both on top of the experience of the others makes me think that maybe one of them needs to be a little bit more um, experienced. Now, whether that's the way that Liverpool look at it, I don't know, but when you see like the links to the likes of the the Bayern guys, personally, I don't think Kimi should going everywhere. But the links are there. You mentioned someone mentioned Marco Verratti. I think it was in the in the comments. Those are the kind of guys who are of the experience, of the stature to be able to go in and start straight away. Now there are issues with both of those specifics, but I see that there's a different kind of pool that Liverpool. Uh, reportedly going in and that wouldn't surprise me I feel like I I, I understand that plan simply because it, whereas in previous summers there was the perfect guy, the one who we knew we wanted who would fit the bill it was there's not, yeah, to there's not a
0: clear target now this is for the, one of the first times in our recruitment history that we haven't got a clear and defined player in place, we had two due- and- We had Virgil, we have we had Alisson, we know, but we don't have one.
2: The problem with that, and in some ways, it's good because it means that there are lots of players out there in theory who can improve the squad, so the chances of us getting at least one of them increase. But the problem with that, also, if you're not if these are players who aren't your A1 top of the list absolutes, as we've seen in previous years. Are they going to be willing to pay the money that it costs to get them? Are you going to say, well, I mean, that Chick Takore is a very good footballer, but is he 80 million footballer or is he 50 million? Like, the only reason he's 80 million is because like, if he we were doing this last year, we'd have got it for 18. So, those kind of things have kind of set us back in the past. And maybe, put, maybe FSG have seen more value in doing nothing than doing the wrong something. That might be an issue this time because we kind of need to do something. So all these things are going to be things, obviously, that Jörg Schmadke is going to be at the head of or at least involved in. But it's, I think there's, a, uh, there's an argument that Liverpool had done a long way in the first part of the window to say all of our mental scar tissue of Windows past should be put to one side. But then something like this happens and I just, it's still there. Like the the potential for apathy or maybe not even apathy, I wouldn't call it that, or just, you know, caution becoming a bit of a, leaving us short. We've seen that before. So I hope we don't see it again.
0: And this segues into Mo Chatra because Mo Stewart is spot on. It does. We have history or we have recent history of leaving us short and whatever and just playing it safe we already knew that investment was going to be there but with the, with the sudden investment inadvertently from Saudi Pro League to the tune of 52 million to the tune of how many wages, well, I will let you sort of get into that now there's—is it added pressure on FSG to spend, or is it a bonus for them? And now they've got no choice, no excuses, no sympathy, but to go out there and not only spend what they were intending on spending, i.e., your Lavias, your Wheels, but now go and get us that extra player that will replace Fabinho and Henderson as well. There simply is no hiding place for FSG now, is there? Especially with this, as I said, surge of funds coming in.
1: Yeah, you're correct. I mean, right, so there's several things to just cover here. First Mm. of all, um, fans can sometimes conflate um, funds being available and spending. Um, Just because funds might be there to be spent, it doesn't mean that um, the FSG approach will um, result in, you know, a number of incomings. Mm-hmm. So what I mean by that is, is that we know that FSG, FSG's way is to uh, be very rigid when it comes to valuing a player and trying to secure that player if it meets the valuation or is in the ballpark. And if we feel that a player, sorry, a selling club is, for want of a better phrase, taking the piss, then we walk away. We've seen that time and time again. So funds might be there to be spent, but if we think that every club that we go and speak to is asking for way too much, then the FSG way is to walk away. Now, I think this market, in this summer in particular, has gone completely loopy. And it's not just about the money coming from Saudi, you know, you, you can look at, Bandy spending spending 90 million on the uh, academy goalkeeper from Man City. 19 million for a player that, you know, has hardly any first team experience. Um You know, and so therefore, you know, that the market is, you know, almost losing all sense of uh perspective in a way. So what do FSG do? Do they try and rigidly stick to their approach or do they try and adapt and accept it is a warped market and it might stay that way and become even worse in the years to come? Mm -hmm. Or do do we carry on rigidly sticking to something and then missing out? Because you know where we talked about falling short and not getting enough business done in years past? That was often the reason why where we were very picky about the play we wanted. And when we approached the selling clubs to try and suss out what the price might be, the price that we were told was too high and we walked away. So I think FSG have to be more flexible now, more pragmatic, because there's a clear and obvious need to get business done. And if we don't get that business done, the value of their key asset, Liverpool Football Club, I think will potentially reduce it, it's it's uh, it, there's no hiding place you're right mm.
0: there's no hiding place uh, mighty mo um, and obviously with the influx of cash as I says and the and the and the saving of wages you know they must there's no option but to invest in the playing squad we know off the pitch we're in a brilliant state of affairs mm. Jürgen Klopp made a lot of noises in terms of how much change he anticipated. Of course, it's a of course we all agree that this much change wasn't um, expected, but it's very, very important that we make those changes now. And of course, like both of you have said and we've seen, we're now approaching players that a season ago, or seasons gone by, we would have very comfortably gone to the likes of Southampton, the likes of Crystal Palace, the likes of whoever, and said, here's 40, which is our sweet spot. Mm-hmm. 40 to 50 million has been FSG's sweet spot for, throughout their tenure, apart from the Virgil and Allison where we went mad. But we're not in a position to do that now because everyone knows our position. Everyone knows if they bide their time, Saudi might come in for one of their players for that kind of fee. We've got no choice but to, to pay that fee. But I come to the first name that I'm going to give you, and you mentioned him already, the fella at Crystal Palace. Now, I don't know if you watched him at lons When he was at Lons in France, I think he's a very good player. Mm-hmm. He's come to the Premier League, and in that opening, he, he bossed us both times pretty much when we played him. But Mo, they want 70 million. What do we do now?
2: See, and this is why it gets tricky. And this is one of the things about the transfer market that you can never really fully predict. Is that we are looking at um, by two central midfielders that will total maybe four if you want to include them all, central midfielders, in a summer where one of them's already gone for 100 million and another one is having his price set by that one. And the players who are being replaced in with that clubs are having their price set by that one. So it's not even it's not even really Crystal Palace that are setting the price high. It's Brighton, it's West Ham, it's Arsenal. And we just happen to be at the wrong time. But this is what happens when you don't when you wait. Yeah. So the idea of Liverpool saying, well, this is just the worst year to buy centre mids. Maybe we'll get one and wait. There's no guarantee that it's going to be better. It could get worse. So I think you've got to kind of cop for it to a certain amount. Yeah. I think if you think, the and it's going to be about whether or not the guys in the scouting department who identified Chet Tukori can convince Klopp that he is good enough, that he can go and speak to FSG, yes, this guy's worth the money. Go get him. That's that's basically the crux of who we get because I don't think we're going to get a great player without overpaying. That's just, I'm certainly not from a Premier League club. Now, it's a shame because, yeah, as I say, Takuri went for 18 to Palace last summer. But no one was really looking at him in that way at Lons because he was playing alongside Sekou Vafana, who's like... He's an we've eye Who's guy. He's
0: just gone to Saudi club, hasn't he?
2: Oh, just Saudi club, yes. But it's, it's, it's difficult because all of the normal rules you would expect around transfers where you're basically, you're kind of negotiating with one club, then they try to bring other players involved to try and bump up the price or get a bidding war, and then you kind of have a tete-a-tete and then you compromise in the middle. As you say, there is this outlier threat of clubs who can just come in out of nowhere and potentially say, well, I'm just going to pay that. So it becomes a very different, a more volatile market. And if you're naturally cautious as our owners have been, it can be quite even more. Well, uh, frightening is probably not the right word because they shouldn't be scared, but it's kind of is the right word. If you see what I mean, it's trepidation is up high. Like, In the same way, just to make a comparison, I think the part of the reason why Bayern are struggling to get up to the price that is required to pay for Harry Kane is that they've just bought a forward from the Premier League and they thought they got a great deal of him and then it turned out that he wasn't that good. So they can't afford to make those many high-profile mistakes. Very few clubs can still afford to make high-profile mistakes. So it all becomes really, really... Uh, important that you get the right person at the right time. Do we trust the team that we've got at the moment? I'm still saying yes. I'm still saying that I trust them to identify the right people. But then it becomes identifying the right player and then getting the deal done. It's part A and it's part B and they are both as important as each other. And you can't have one without the other. Or if you do, it's almost no good.
0: Mo. Most, Mighty Mo says, uh, "I can't even call you Little Mo because you're huge. People don't know. <laughs> People don't know that you know you're f- very fond of not only football and finance but wrestling. We'll address that another time, maybe. Um, and you've got a wrestler's build as well. He's massive. Um, but Mo Chatra, Mo, Mighty Mo says we can't afford to make mistakes." or Liverpool in the past, FSG, have been scared to make mistakes. We have to take a risk now. Can we afford to make a mistake, especially with the financial situation that I've asked you? We find ourselves now. Have we got leeway to be more brave now? Can you explain to me how much money we've saved now through wages and transfer funds? Because we were anticipating Kelleher, Simicas, Phillips, maybe bringing us... 35 to 40 million maybe and we thought if FSG give us another 100 on top, 150, well, we've just got, as I said, 52 million, absolute bonus out of nowhere. We didn't anticipate 40 million for Fabinho and we did not anticipate our captain going as well for 10, 12 million. We have that now. Mo, there's Mm. money there and there's wages being saved there, right?
1: Yeah, there definitely is. I mean, just on the wages front, right, so we lost the four players on, on a free in the yeah. summer. But their wages, um, yeah. You know, it looks like F- Nat Phillips is on his way out. Mm-hmm. And then we've got Fabinho and Hendo um, on their way out as well. Um, bear in mind, the wages that you hear these players earning are mm-hmm. only part of their overall earnings. Liverpool Football Club pay very, very significant amounts of bonuses. So if you hear about a player earning a couple hundred thousand a week, when you add the bonuses in, You're talking north of three hundred thousand. So Henderson's latest contract was paying two hundred thousand a week. Granted, the season just finished. We didn't win any silverware, Um, but even with bonuses just for purely appearances and things like that, um, you know, he would have been north of two fifty a week. um, And in the season before, probably topping three hundred thousand a week with all the bonuses to get to Champions League final, etc. Um, so stripping all of that out, the savings we were making, and the fact that we aren't paying any Champions League bonuses in this coming season, yes, the wage bill will reduce forgetting the players that have come in and the players that hopefully will come in 100 million pounds saving on the wage bill. Wow. That is huge, huge. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you talk about the, the basic wages, the bonuses and the Champions League bonuses that a whole of the rest of the team would have earned, but they won't end this coming season, 100 million. Obviously, on top of that, you then have to add back in the wages for the new incomings, and at the moment, we've only got two of them, um, you know, and they're probably on about 120K a week. I was going to say,
0: so, no, we know we start them off at a very reasonable wage, so to speak.
1: Yeah, 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 that's it. Um, so that, that's what we're looking at. So, um, yes, we haven't got Champions League football, but the wage bill will be the smallest it has been since the sixteen seventeen season, mm. so that then frees up the money to go out and spend on um incomings um but it's all about getting everything right. It's not just as easy as saying right let let's go and sign someone um you know it could be a variety of things it could be you disagree over wages or it could disagree over the agent's mm. fees or um the dad wants to be paid or the uncle wants to be paid, the brothers want to be paid all sorts so you know, there's all sorts of complexities to these things, but mm. if you get the deal done, um, is that Wi-Fi mine? And I think, I think, and I'm going to be bold in saying this. Go on, I think okay. that the money is there to get a marquee signing because, bear in mind, look who has spent 105 million on a midfield on a DM, Arsenal. We over the last five years have earned significantly more, hundreds of millions more compared to Arsenal. Now, granted, their wage bill has been a lot smaller than ours, but, you know, they've been spending like money's going out of fashion mm. and yeah. they've come and spent that kind of money. We are from a revenue perspective, one of the top three, four biggest clubs in the world. So if they can do it, there's no reason why we shouldn't be able to either.
0: My team yeah. you want to...
1: Go on. Um, the
2: only thing I'd say that goes well in um, Arsenal's favour it's um, basically, unlike um, John Henry, Stan Kroenke's other teams have been doing really well. So the St. Louis Rams won the Super Bowl. Denver Nuggets won the championship. So his company, his conglomerate, has been earning a lot more money than it had been previously over the last two to three years. So I think that probably does have a little bit to do with it. But you are right. Liverpool have a pool of money that they can use for wages. I think the most fascinating thing about this, for me, two things we talk about, because obviously the guys, McAllister and was like they're on good wages, but they're not coming in at the top bracket.
0: Because mm-hmm.
2: Liverpool have only really done that one time, and that was for Thiago.
0: Mm.
2: Um, but, obviously, there are a couple of rather pricey renewals. Because Trent's deal ends to, well, it would be... Over the course of this season, you'd expect them to do the Trent deal because when it gets to next summer, he'll have one year left. And so will Virgil. Now, obviously, giving Trent the money that he wants is probably now a lot easier than it maybe would have been previously. Yeah. Um, whether or not that happens with Virgil, that, I don't know. I still feel like there might be some disparity. to be had there. Yeah, but... Another 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 one talking about the 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 wages that we've got now. I do think that was the main reason we pulled out the Mason Mount deal. And now that we've got this extra leeway with these two going, if he was still at Chelsea, I feel like we probably would have been able to do it. I feel like we probably would have given him that money. So it's just it's interesting the way that things kind of overlap and the way that timings may not always add up. But I think that Liverpool will, I, I I like the idea of what Mo was saying, I do think that Liverpool will have the room to go for a, a big hitter. Whether, like, I mean, whether that ends up being someone like a, a Pavard who's been linked or someone, or someone from a big club who's been on high Champions League wages or a good up-and-coming player who is been looked at by everybody and you need to give a really good wage in order to secure it. But we now have the ability to do those things. The ability. Hopefully we have the, we've got the ability, we've got the motivation. We just need the actual practice.
0: Um, 800 of you in here. And apparently I've been told two twenty-one 21 away from 200 likes. Like we've got, we've got the financial king here, Mo and He will tell you that doesn't add up. Like 800 and 200 likes. I mean, even he. Even, <laughs> actually, we don't even, need a, we don't even need his expertise to know that that doesn't add up. So, smash the likes, subscribe if you haven't. Make sure you follow the guys on their socials and on all the platforms they're on. Give them the support that they deserve. I'm going to stick with you, uh, Mighty Mo In that case, then, uh, you said um, that it's all about timing as well. Another player that's very strongly linked well, I don't know if he's strongly linked, but I know of definite interest of, of, of Palina or of Fulham. Now, Fulham have slapped a ridiculous price on him as well. It seems like everyone everywhere knows every DM is 60 to 70 million pounds, regardless of age, size, quality, caliber, whatever. But my eyes lit up when you said timing, because this is one of those deals that might, might, working our favor in terms of timing because today news emerges that one of the major Saudi clubs have come in for their manager now if Silva decides to take up the lucrative offer that he's been offered does that in your opinion because from what I understand Palina was very much Silva's guy you got to remember the Portuguese connection everything else if your manager leaves and then simultaneously Liverpool Football Club and Jurgen Klopp are coming calling, that could that could work in our favour. So, A, does that help us? And B, are you a fan of the player? Um,
2: okay, we'll start with A. Yes, it does help us for quite a few reasons, I think. Because like you say he would have very much been enamoured with Marco Silva and Marco Silva being there for the long term would have very much been part of his plan. The same with Fulham. But I do think that in his mind, Fulham was never going to be the club he stayed at forever. Because Obviously, he's come to the Premier League at a later age than most players do in his position. So maybe he's got less time. If he wants to move up the food chain, so to speak, and then you look at the prospects of Fulham, we've already mentioned the manager it makes a massive difference. Currently, their star striker says he never wants to play for them again. So, if you're a Jao Palina and you're thinking, "Well, Mitrovic is going or staying and kicking up a fuss, and the manager's going," suddenly this looks like a very different football team. So, from that perspective, yes, it does help Liverpool, but. In terms of getting the player out of the club at a decent price, no. In fact, I think he actually works against us for that same oh. reason. Unfortunately, but that's just my feeling. That's just my feeling on the situation because if they got to that and it looks like they're going to have to leave and it looks like they're going to have to start rebuilding because without, without Silva and Mitrovic and Paulina for Sabas, that would be a massive rebuild. And if that is on their mind particularly seen as all of the 40 million that's been going to Marco Silva is going to be going to Marco Silva and not Fulham. Um, So yeah, they're going to be trying to get the most money they can out of their asset. Like, I don't know. Maybe if Silva goes, maybe they relent and they let Mitrovic go for 45, 50 million. And then they used to look that money to invest and say to Palinia, no, this is what we're going to do now. Blah, 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 blah. But I just think that if I'm Paulinho and I'm looking at that, I'm thinking, well, I wasn't going to be here forever and maybe now this has kind of accelerated that. Do I like the player? I do. I think if, if, you're, if you're looking for a combination of skills in the midfield, he does have a lot of things that none of the other little current Liverpool midfielders have. Mm-hmm. He's got that. Um, he's not only got the the energy, the physical presence but he's got the, um, the durability and the intelligence to be able to be effective without necessarily having to be here, there and everywhere. He's got discipline, um, what's the word, positional discipline. So he can be, get you goals, but he's getting you goals from set pieces. He's not, ro- he's not wandering off up the pitch and leaving you wide open in midfield. So from that perspective, yeah, I think he's a player who can do us the job. I do think, again he would be one who it would be like, you'd get him and then maybe you look at getting a player who can develop because I do think that as as much as 28, he's, he's a young 28 in terms of the legs and the actual minutes he's played. Yep. But 28 is still 28. Like, I mean, I've not played a lot of Premier League minutes, but I still feel like when I was 28, I probably would have been, you know, not that great. So it's still 28, if you see what I mean.
0: <laughs> I, I think I, I think you make a good point there. It, look, it is 28, but but there is a, there is differences in 28. Like I gave the example on yesterday's show like sort of for example if we look at Theo Walcott, Wayne Rooney, the likes of these who started playing when they were 12. Yeah. well, nice exactly? List. Yeah. But, so therefore if you forward it now to sort of he comes in the category where I again the example I used was the Vardis, the Ian Wrights. Maybe, of course, he's to by late developers. Even the Harry Kane. like Harry Kane's pretty much a, a late developer. I like the Paulina shout. I know Liverpool fans are absolutely divided. More so on the no, not to Paulina. But I think I this is just a feeling. I think there's a deal if they just lower it a little bit to be done with him. I think him, alongside a, a less experienced, of course, the project, Lavia, would be ideal I want to come to you Mo Chatra and say what would you do in that sense because there's a couple of ways of looking at it we know as I said the plan was a centre-back and a midfielder project midfielder and then we're good to go but now as I said with those players that have gone what do you do now so do you now still pursue like for like two players for two players Fabinho and Henderson that are gone and still look for that centre-back or is there a tactical change, tactical tweak within the squad, within the personnel that we've got? I.e., namely Trent Alexander Arnold. Is there something that you'd ponder? You know where yeah. I'm going with this.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, I'm not. I'm not in favour of that. I think Trent's new kind of position where. Um, in defensive capacities uh, of play, you know, he slips into that kind of right back position when we're on the front foot attacking, he then moves into that inverted kind of role to form that midfield box. Um, I think that that's a role that suits him. Well, if we ask him to essentially replace Fabinho, I just don't think that that will make the most of his abilities. And uh, I don't think defensively, He's quite as strong um, in in terms of anticipation and things like that. So I I would not be in favour of that. I would prefer, much prefer, um, to look for somebody who's an accomplished uh, DM. And my personal approach, now that I feel we need two two midfielders, Mm -hmm. the reason I mentioned the fact that I think we need to make a marquee signing is because I've got a player in particular that is in mind. Who shares my initials, MC Moises Caicedo? Mm. Look, if we're talking and we're even considering spending 70 million pounds on the core from Palace, why not just go up another 10 15 million, slap it on the table um, in front of Mr. Bloom and say, Right, there you go, we want your player. Um, reunited with um, Alexis Mack, why not? Um, I, I think he'd be a transformative signing. I think. You know, he's a young, young player, what, 21, 22, um, got immense potential, you know, has absolutely the potential to become a bona fide world-class talent. And, you know, if we get him in, yes or no, he's fluttering his eyelids at Chelsea. But this, having- is my
0: only, this is my only thing about him. Everything else that you've said about him, I've been screaming for because I think he's a transformative player. Mm. For whatever club he goes to, he will elevate them. Absolutely, and I'm jealous of whoever gets him. But I don't like the way he's open to anyone and everyone. That's my only thing. That, or, or am I being
1: look? He's, he's ready for bigger things, but I, I think I think he um, can certainly be lured by the Klopp hug and uh, you know a nice um, salary and the chance to play with some of those world class players. So. You know i I don't think that he's got his mind completely on Chelsea, and how many times have we seen players look like it's inevitable they're going to one club and they end up somewhere else Sorry, sorry Mo no, I agree um that is a possibility it's It's
2: not done until it's done in that respect <clears throat> it's my can I say there's a funny one though because like if you look at it from a certain perspective, you can say well. This guy, like you say, he's got all of the tools. You just look at him, you think this guy's going to be a fantastic player. But he's still 21, and he's basically played for a year and a half. So, and he's played a year and a half at the same club, and who have a very, very specific stylistic pattern. Who Admittedly, if we were having him and McAlister, it would be easier to see him kind of bed in. But I think that's a problem too, you know. Like, because we have to remember, we did get a good deal from McAllister. We got a very good deal. Considering the way that Brighton have done business with literally everyone else, we did a very good deal.
0: I know what you're getting with this.
2: Yeah, like, if you're Brighton, you absolutely don't want them both to get in the same club. Yeah, absolutely yeah. not!
0: We're, we're probably the only team that I can think of that have done Brighton over. Like, Brighton usually are the the ones that do everyone, Cucurella comes to mind, Basuma comes to mind, Ben White comes to mind, everyone pretty much else. We're the only team that have found a little clause in Alexis McAllister, who's worth in the current market. If we look around now, he's a 65, 70 million pound player as well, World Cup winner, peak of his career, Premier League experience. We paid 35 million. Brighton will say, stay the. Away from I my mean, Like,
2: how do we even know that part of getting that for that price wasn't that we would agree not to bid for Kaysenov uh, as well? Like, that happens. Happens. Happen, but, like, I just think it would be great as a footballer. I think it would be fantastic. I just don't think it's the kind of move that Liverpool are going to do right now. I don't know. I I wish that we were able to be as flexible to be like, no, we're going to muscle our way in on on this guy.
0: Well, this is what I mean about the aggressive nature that we need to take on now. This is what I mean about the proactive. This is what I mean about the urgent action required. Now, I know we have a history of not doing any of that and taking it calm, not panicking. But I think, I think there's a, a slight amount of panic if nothing gets done in the next 10 days, I'd say. Because that was a bolt out of the blue, those two. I don't care what anyone says, and I'm a very level-headed guy. I'd like to think when it comes to calm down, we don't just need to go wild and, and go crazy out there in the market. We know what we're doing. I think I feel as though right now we're in a state of little bit of a uh, confusion. Mm. Um but I was asking your opinion on the Trent Alexander, and I and I put it to, yeah. to, to the ultimate the ultimate platform to get a valued opinion with (laughs) Twitter. Twitter polls are the ones. Uh, And I asked the question, is it time to make Trent a full-time defender? Um, And it pretty much shows you that everyone's undecided, Mighty Mo. Mo Chatra saying, nope. He doesn't want him moved from this evolved role. So still right back to start off with, but inverted right back. What's your thoughts? Because the poll over 6,000 votes, pretty much suggest it's unsure. I I would probably want to... I
2: would, I would agree with Mo. I want to see the hybrid a little bit more. I want to see more of it. I think the idea of him no longer being a right back at all at this point, mm-hmm. I think it's still premature. I mean, it probably appeals to Trent because it's the best of what he gets to do without the worst of what he has to do. Mm-hmm. But... I do think that it's something that we are going to have to, if we want to make it work as best possible, it needs to be an evolution. It needs to be a, okay, this is what I'm doing now. I'm getting more comfortable with it. I'm getting more devastating with it. Okay, then you get the period where teams are starting to plan against it. They're starting to work against it. That's Mm -hmm. when you're involved in the next point. I think that he's still very young. He's still got loads of his football career ahead of him. He's not in any rush to suddenly become a midfield. Or if I was Klopp, I wouldn't be in any rush to put him into a midfield. Because the other thing we have to acknowledge, and I said this on another show earlier today, part of the reason why he's in midfield is because last year our midfield was garbage. Like, if we'd have bought too twelve months ago, would we have seen Trent in midfield this season at all? I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Like, so if we get to a situation with these players who we're eventually going to buy this summer where suddenly our midfield's looking a lot more sorted and suddenly at right-back no longer looks like a liability but it looks like the greatest right-back in the world as he was when we were winning all the trophies, suddenly we don't need it to be such a rush. So I think personally the best option is to have flexibility, have the ability for him to be this for him to be that, and for the opponents not to know which is coming. And the only problem with that is it does make it harder when you're recruiting players to go in and around them. It's almost like the more fixed he is, the easier it is to build around as a, as a kind of a squad. But I don't know. like
0: um, I'm just, look, I, I I put it out there because, A, I think preseason will be something to, to keep an eye on. Because if he continues to play every single game or pretty much every single game in midfield, lads, then it would suggest to me that there is definite a shift in thinking and planning. But again, preseason will we will see that in preseason. And also I heard again today or heard yesterday. Another inquiry for another defender stroke right back. I know Benjamin Pavard has been linked. I know we made an effort to get Timber before Arsenal blew up. We we bid far less for him. And today, uh, Mo Stewart, I told you before the show the name of the player. I don't know if you can pronounce it, please, because I made an absolute tits here and you didn't have a clue who I was talking about. All right? So so, so if you'd like to say the name properly like how it's supposed to be said. Sorry, you
2: mean... Um, the Ajax fellow.
0: yes, <laughs> I made an absolute tits ear of it. No, no, well, no, his name is Vench, uh, isn't it? And you call yeah. him Dench. Oh, right, <laughs> yeah. maybe I was thinking about my good old days. And, and, <laughs> and <I don't> <laughs> the point is, the point is, though, right backs.
2: And the thing, the point you made about the preseason is interesting because, yes, it's getting trend. Reps there, getting him more comfortable. And it was noticeable. Wrench. Thank you, Adam. Uh, it was noticeable the fact that while he was playing in midfield, he was doing times where he was dropping in between the center halves and picking up the ball and doing proper DM stuff, but also being outright and doing the inverted fullback stuff. So he was doing bits of both. And it's interesting to see him do it in preseason. But he had Conor Bradley playing a right back. And, I mean, there's Conor Bradley and there's Joe Gomez. And it's like, if you're telling me that those are going to be the right-backs, I'm telling you that's probably not going to be enough. Mm. So, if we get a right-back in the building, then, yes, I feel like that that's kind of the sign of saying that we are definitely going to be him in midfield more than in defence. But I still think that it's too early to make the change. For permanent. I think he needs to kind of evolve into it and kind of find his niche within it.
0: Fair enough. Uh, We're going to address the Super Chats now to end the show and get your points and questions in for the lads as well. If you have something particular that you want to ask them, Vegan Sports Bar says Malchatra, surely VVD for captaincy now. Is that a given? Or is there any hot takes that you would suggest or nominate? Or who gets the vice captaincy? I guess that's probably the most um yeah i think virgil's captain who gets
1: the fight i I agree virgil um i'd like vice captain to be trent perhaps or you could argue mo but i I like trent in terms of succession planning
0: Mm, you love your succession planning i do skip to my loose says big up grizz panel that mocha hit different (laughs) yeah (laughs) my my love affair with mocha has started and that's why you're printing um yes i'm cheating on t i've gone to mocha now breaking news here we go um Mo says another mo tale of three Mo's. Mo says Flanterilla Luiz is already a defensive monster, six foot one, twenty-three in ball dominate champion champ team, champions league experience and an excellent pass out. 50 million get his buddy in for 38 million. most your thoughts.
2: Oh, uh, I'd say that if 50 million is the price, then that's that's a good price. It's a
0: I, I, great price, but that, I don't well, think I that
2: feel, price. no, no, I <laughs> don't think so either. I feel like Benfica have seen too many of their players become superstars for them to let them go for that cheap. And if you...
0: But then, but then the, you know your theory about the Brighton, though, Mo, all right? You know the theory about Brighton? They've done us with <laughs> right? 75. Maybe they want to do a favour. No, no, hey, hey. Lunas supporters... Some you kind know- of discount here. Nunez <laughs> supporters, before you go mad, it will be effective. But no, yeah, yeah. It's quite, yeah. quite open that I'm not a fan of Nunes, the player, but I think he'll be effective for Liverpool. I just didn't think he was a 70 85, 85 million? Yeah. But maybe we could get a little discount for Florentino Luiz now. We'll see, we'll
2: see, we'll no, see. But genuinely, I do think that he would be someone who could come in and fit the bill. And he would be the best of... Well, he would be good in both as much as that. I would be comfortable with him starting the first game against Chelsea... I also think that he's a player who can develop into a much better player over the course of his time at the club. So if he was the guy we went with, I'd be like, OK, great, let's see how it comes. And it's funny because we do talk about money like it's ours and it's not. No. So in theory, it shouldn't matter. But I think it's because we know the breadth of what we need to do. So it's almost like if you the more you spend on this, the less you have for that. And it's trying to make those
0: those decisions yeah. is tough. It's tough, Uh, but... He's my choice as well. He's my choice as well. Absolutely my choice. Florentino, Luis, Mochattram, I know much about him. Have you got... Who's your choice? Your choice is Kaiseido. It's not happening. I know (laughs) you... I know you... I know you want to go to town on FSG for that, but will you also go to town if we don't spend on a... on a a midfielder like Luis? then? Because 60000000 million, I'd say, gets him.
1: Well, it, it may get him, except he's got a release clause of about £100 million. So... Um, I mean, that's not to say that Benfica won't negotiate. Yeah,
0: negotiate,
1: yeah. Yeah, but, you know, that clause is there for a reason at the same time. So, he won't come cheap. Um, I'd be very happy on uh, on bringing him in as well. Um, He or Kaysedo would be an ideal DM um, to bring in. And I I think our our midfield would be set for for years. So, you know, that'd be ideal. But we're,
0: we're, we're telling FSG to succession plan now. So we don't get caught cool at this, but they're not listening to us. Go on, Mo, you was going to say, but
1: yeah, but also look every single season we hear about these players that come out of nowhere, end up at clubs like Benfica arrive at these clubs for five, ten million pound. And then they, a year later have been sold for 50, 60, 70, 80 million. So why don't we go and find these players from whether it's Ecuador or Colombia or Brazil or, Wherever, and snap these players up before they hit the seventy-eight million pound. Uh, And yes, it might be a risk, and and that player might not be your primary DM signing. But Mm -hmm. you know, if you if you develop them and rotate them and just see how they develop, then you know that that, they could be a great DM backup and a great squad addition.
0: Lovely message. I, I, I agree.
1: I think the time
2: is right to start looking at those kind of deals in a way that. Liverpool haven't traditionally. I think there was always the idea of Liverpool wanted them players to develop on someone else's time. So it's like yes, they have potential, but we want them to be ready to go by the time they get to us. We want them to kind of be ready to make the leap, as they call it. But the difference with that, like you say, is that we've, as I said previously, we've always been so scared or almost unable to kind of make mistakes in the transfer market. So I'm spending five, ten million a player then you can afford to make a mistake.
0: I was going to say, Mo, but we've made mistake by not making, being brave enough to make the mistakes. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, yeah. exactly. You know, so now we've got nothing to lose kind of thing. Uh, Lovely message from Big Ben's. Thank you very much. My man just wanted to say bless up everything you do. Amazing content, amazing panels and discussions. Alhamdulillah, my brother. Thank you very much for that lovely comment. Um, There was Paulina on the conversation where we're having Paulina. Mo sent in another one. He said, defensively good, underwhelming on the ball. Would you agree with that, Mo Stewart? Yeah, I mean... I wouldn't, you um, know. I think, look, um, our, our DM... I don't know what you lot think about Fabinho, but I've always said he's not amazing on the ball, even though people no. say, oh, Fabinho, no. fantastic on the ball. He's never been fantastic on the ball.
2: He's competent. What I, what I was going to say, though, is that Paulinho's role in that Fulham team is to yeah. basically pass it to Harrison Reed or Andres Pereira. And what so is his
0: role being ours?
2: <clears throat> they're, they're not asking him to do yeah. X, Y, and Z. So... His numbers on the ball probably aren't going to look as great. Maybe they could be, but that's not necessarily because he can't do it. It's because he doesn't have to do it for Fulham. And again, there's there's been not good on the ball, and there's been able to find uh, a, another red shirt when you're being pressed. And ironically enough, when he's being pressed, like his uh, pressured pass percentage is actually better compared to the rest of the league than his actual pass percentage. So again. I feel like that's the kind of thing that if you're a DM, you can get away with.
0: Um, John Page says, "Lavia money plus fifty-two million equals who?" What does he mean by that, Malchatra? You're the man who with abbreviations of financials and algebras and work out. This is your job, son.
1: <laughs> 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 All uh, uh, the best. <laughs> well, trying to put that equation together, I think he means our evaluation of Lavia, which is oh, forty
0: million. Oh, and go for a big plus, one.
1: Plus the Saudi money, so ninety-two million gets huge ballpark for Moises. Yeah, 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 there we go. He
0: worked it out. See, this is why he's flow Frontin and Louise last two games missed Rusters. last two seasons games misses zero. That will be a factor. We will have to take into that as a factor in terms of the midfielders that we buy. Darius sends in a suit and says Carcedo would probably drag us into an issue with Madrid if they want him down the line. Like Cotinho to Barça. We'll address that if we ever Yeah, we care. can't be
2: scared of that. We can't be scared no.
0: of that, man. That's not a way to look at it. We're Liverpool football club. We can't be worried about, oh, if we buy X, then two years' time, Y is going to come in for him.
2: And also, let's not forget the, the whole Coutinho-Barca thing. Kind of worked out all right for us? All right for us?
0: So, yeah, if someone <laughs> wants to pay, it, uh, yeah. i so good in the It's all done. Dinesh from says, Klopp can phone Adam Lallana and James Milner. How are you doing, gentlemen? Can you sell us Moises yeah. up? We wish it was that easy.
2: No oh, I chance. mean, if, if Adam Lallana hasn't been doing that already, then I want to know why.
0: Yeah, why <laughs> not? Yeah. <laughs> Look, I think, I think it's fair to say there's plenty of action to be done. Uh, more in than out now. Hopefully, there's no more shock outs. Hopefully, there's a few more that needs to be out, like your Phillips no disrespect to philip's fantastic servant to the club but he's likely to go Kelleher's 50-50 guys quickly Kelleher, do you think would you would you get would you take the money and and promote one of the young prospects great prospects by the way all two three of our prospects are very good
2: one it depends upon how much money because 20 Keller million. is 20 yeah no two you're
0: not million. taking 20
2: No, Uh, if 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 he's happy to stay, I'm keeping him because I think he's going to be fantastic. I think he's going to be a a cult for one of the Champions League teams. He's going to be a top, top keeper. And I feel like if we sell him for 20 now, even if we put a massive sell on price on it, I just feel like that we're going to regret it. So if he's happy to stay, I'm happy to keep him.
0: Mo, you're not selling him for 20. You didn't like my valuation. I don't know what I'm talking about. No.
1: No, no way. Um, the city academy keeper went for just one million pound less than that to Burnley. Oh, wow. Nineteen million. So no by by that by that comparison, thirty million minimum.
0: Well listen, let's see what happens. I think it's the calm before the storm. I think I think the money from the Fabinho and Henderson deals hit or the first instalments hit our bank bank by about Monday. And then I think we attack next week. I think they'll I think we'll have action. Key point is we need to ideally get our action in, in, in incomings done before Singapore. We fly off to Singapore next weekend, do I? Think I think right?
2: Thursday, Friday is
0: oh, oh
2: depending on time zone.
0: <laughs> oh Mo. Wow, we need to get that business done then this week because ideally he'd want one signing for sure on that Singapore trip. And that one signing for sure would be in line to start, not necessarily start against Chelsea, but in line to possibly, if needed, start the first four games. So that would be interesting. That'll be intriguing. Pretty much sums up our show. Interesting, intriguing, right guys? I've enjoyed it. Hope you guys yeah. have enjoyed it. Hope the panel have enjoyed it. Over 800 of you have stuck with us a tale of two moles. We're going to try to make this once a month. It's very difficult to get the big boys in town. But we'll try the support, the love that you guys have shown. has been wonderful. I think we're going to have a fantastic ending. Don't worry. We've had a couple of wickets down, as I said. The cricket analogy, we're just we're just playing out a few overs to consolidate. Then
2: and we're going to start it, hitting sixes. And
0: then a 3D <laughs> yeah, a 3D's and Richards is going to come in, in the last five overs. And I tell you guys, we're going to have a few sixes hit out of the ground. Uh, but stay tuned. Stay tuned to the channel. Keep showing the love to the guys as well on their socials. Make sure you go check them out. They're on various platforms. I don't need to tell you about these guys. Just make sure you love, support, and keep caring. Thank you very much, guys. We will see you another time very soon. Bye-bye.
1: Sports Social Podcast Network.